Welcome to the Sub Pop Cult Podcast. I'm your host, Michael McGruther. I know that my last episode was a little bit angry, because to be honest with you, I'm just as angry as you, is our inability to have a voice in the culture. And it really drives me mad that the punditcrats and the people who are amplified specifically on X are always out to fool you, grift off you, take advantage of your distance from power so that they can place things in front of you that are believable and will ultimately aggravate you and drive you crazy, robbing you of the gift of the present moment. You know, this is an evil practice that these folks participate in, so I just want to back up a wonderful video that I saw by Eric Erickson. Now, I don't really know much about Eric Erickson other than he had a little war with these people before, but he made a very reasonable, on-point video that I shared that really does say all the things I've been saying on my podcast. It is because of these characters who are grifters, who, as Eric said, need to go out and touch grass and basically address reality. It's because of them that conservatives are so hated. And I've identified not that they do this just for their own glory, their own uh, brands or their influence, their cliques. I believe they are paid to do this specifically to maintain a divide in the country by pretending that they're fighting against it. Everything that these, this class of political punditry, commentary, everything that they do, everything that they attack grows stronger and stronger against you. To me, that's evidence of their participation in the deception of all Americans so that we never unite, so that we never live in the present again, so that we never, ever come to understand that culture defines political power. And to have a voice in the culture, you must participate in the culture as it is. Participation doesn't mean edifying what you find in the culture as wrong or divisive or something you don't agree with. It means giving everybody their space to say and do what they want, but influencing it through culture, through art, through storytelling, through films that give a little bit to one side of what they want, but nudges them in our direction. Because listen, this is how the 1960s culture grew out of the same exact situation. They were not represented. People who had different ideas and opinions were not felt to be seen by media, corporations, all of that. And so over time, they worked exclusively on the art of perception through understanding their views through their creations. But they were always fun. They were always about the song first and the little hidden message later. That's the part that I want conservative artists who are not violent, extreme jackasses online, but understand that every human has a heartbeat. Every human has a soul. Every human has a perception of who they are and how they fit into society. Accept those dynamics and then work with them. You have to work with what's available. You can't force your agenda down anyone's throat. And that's meeting people halfway. But we're not allowed to meet people halfway. We can't meet people halfway because those who speak for us 
are then held up as an example of why we don't deserve equal attention in the culture and the media. Think about the things that Matt Walsh says. Think about not the fact that you agree that a man born uh, as a male can never become a woman. That's Nobody cares if that's your opinion. All they want is for you to have a violent disagreement about it that then belittles people so that you can be used as an example for why you don't deserve cultural representation. Now, culture defines political power. It's a fact. You can't refute this. You can go back and look at all of the successful policies and the things that people have run on to get elected, and you can trace all of it back to storytelling, songs, art, and culture first. It's the easiest thing for the majority of people to understand. Nobody understands your righteous indignation over issues, but somebody can understand a character who experiences some of these realities and how they deal with them can be inspiring. How they relate to them can be uplifting. Uniting is the power. We are the United States of America, not the divided citizens. I'm friends with a few people who are quite successful in media that are really apolitical. And one of these folks I respect a lot. Great man. He's a producer. When I was a young guy, he actually came to the movie premiere for Tigerland. His client was one of the stars, and he let me join them in the limo, and we went out and had pizza. And I've run into him many times. He's a great person, great father. But he's at odds with the influence of TikTok. And I used to share that, but I don't share it anymore because here's what I discovered. And honestly, I feel stupid for not even exploring it before. TikTok must have figured out that the American audience is balkanized. They obviously contributed to the balkanization by inspiring Hollywood to come make a fortune in China. And while it did that, the only way to serve that audience is to balkanize our own. So they increase their profits by creating all these little communities and creating art for them and then pitting them against one another and identities and selling the clothes, the lifestyle. It's all increasing their business, their bottom line. So that's what they did to us. And then China closed the door on them. They don't make money over there anymore. They're not welcome. Movies perform poorly. China has the world's largest middle class that can go and make any movie into just a gigantic moneymaker for Chinese film companies and Chinese filmmakers. Good for them. Bad for Hollywood. But Hollywood made its own bed. And this is the moment where we all have to understand the connection between culture and politics and demand. This is the thing you fight for. Give me an equal voice in culture. Look, this is the left's gameplay. And it is now yours to use against them. And they deserve it because they did a disservice to themselves by dividing Americans and using a very small portion of us as an example for how wrong all Republicans are. Well, most Republicans live very, very far from culture, very, very far from power. So they don't even have a connection. This diabolical squishing of the hearts and minds and making irrelevant the voices of people that do not agree with them, but are never in such disagreement that is on display from the punditcrats, as I call them, 
the professional media class which aims to constantly use these people, which I'm one of, as an example. I'm a small-town, blue-collar kid. I have a very limited education. I barely paid attention in high school. But I'm a doer, and I dove in, and I learned everything I know by doing it. There's a saying from Gypsy, fake it till you make it. I did that many times. The opportunities have to be taken. And this is one of those times where there's an opportunity to change who we are as a party, as a group of people who are unrepresented, and to demand representation in media and culture that is authentic and truly understands the plight of people far from power who do not know how the media works and cannot identify that those who are speaking for them are talking them right into the grave. So let's just examine two of their narrative dynamic tactics that they've used in these past uh, eight years. At first, there was a football player, Colin Kaepernick, who wanted to protest police brutality. We understand that police brutality exists and there are bad police who abuse people all the time, abuse their power all the time. But there's also great people in law enforcement and we all know that as well. But he had a legitimate protest. But because the left has the culture and because the left has the power of massive amplification, this was turned into a big, huge event of people now aligning with taking the knee or standing for the flag dividing Americans intentionally along this line just because you know how certain people are going to react. Anybody who's got a family member that served in the military and lost their life would be very offended at somebody who had taken knee at the national anthem. And anybody who had police murder one of their uh, family members or someone they know, and it's totally unjust how it happened, and there was no reason for it, and it was just an abuse of power, will also be extremely happy that somebody is finally standing up for them. So understand these dynamics, and now pay attention, because the NFL is a moneymaker. I heard on the radio yesterday a really interesting fact. There's only 18 minutes of actual football. The rest of it is commercials, commentary, and ads, and cutaways, and who's in the stands. All right. So the NFL's brand goes down. Trump leverages it, and he uses it as a, as a cultural hot point to just show that the, they hate us. They hate America, because that's what it looks like. But really, it's this group of people making a certain set of Americans being hated acceptable. And that's you. The poor person, far from power, who has no voice because you have no culture. So they ran this thing so far, they made money off it. They sold t-shirts. There was all kinds of ways that grifters leveraged this moment. And the NFL suffered because of it. And conservatives who follow these people were made to believe that they had some kind of effect on the NFL. We'll show them. It's another one of those battles you didn't win. You just enriched the people who were pretending to fight it. So time goes by. There's a need now for a more cohesive society. The left won their battles. They destroyed the right. 
over and over and over again, and they still maintain the culture. So now you have the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey romance. Of course, that's gonna be amplified because it's wholesome, it's good. But people on our side are so desperate to keep you crazy in the head that they now lead a ridiculous conspiracy theory that it's a psyop to help Trump lose. Listen, Taylor Swift is fine by me. I don't listen to her music. I have a teenage daughter. I will agree with everyone who said this. She's the least offensive artist for a teen girl to align herself with, and her songs aren't even bad. So this rebranding of the NFL is about what? The 18 minutes of football? No, it's about making sure those ad dollars are still coming in because a lot of people are now watching again. Different people. There's all kinds of girls paying attention. And this romance is exactly how culture works. It is being elevated. It is a man and a woman. Don't be so foolish to attack this. You want this classic man and woman who become husband and wife, and then parents of children. You want that back in the culture because that's who you are too. Now, that's not an affront on gay people. That's not an affront on different relationships that are had. It's an acknowledgement that this is the foundation of society, is the family that creates new people. We were made this way. This is how new people are made. Whether you're religious or not, it does not matter. This is how human life comes about. It doesn't matter what direction those people go in once they're born or how they live their life because in our country, freedom is not something that is supposed to discriminate against any person. You're supposed to have the liberty to pursue your life as you see fit. The common ground is the common ground. It's just like being out in, in, the, uh, in traffic. There's a red light, you stop at it. Some people want to just run through all the red lights. But the majority of society, left, right, and everywhere in between, acknowledges the red light, acknowledges the yellow light, slows down, uses caution. These dynamics are the overwhelming, normal dynamics of what it's like to be an American. But what it's like to be an online American who is bitterly engaged with these hucksters and grifters who rob you of a voice... There's no peace. And you make a fool of yourself because the moment the thing is being celebrated that backs up your actual lifestyle in the most simple way, you are easily led, very easily led, disappointingly easily led to reiterate their stupid moronic take on the whole thing. We have to put these people out of business. They don't belong on the right. To be honest with you, they belong on the left because that's who they work for, that's who they empower, that's who they maintain the culture with. They've carved out little bits of money for themselves, they've carved out little bits of influence, they've got careers, they can sell you a book. Somebody from the Daily Wire sold a book with literally no words in it because it was the gotcha of the other guy. If that is what motivates the people who are far from power, Spoiler, it's not. But if that is what is perceived to motivate people far from power, then people far from power deserve no power, and the left is justified in constantly doing that to us. 
Don't let them do that. Meet people where they are. Let them live their lives. Be an American again. Build your life in your day. Take care of your family. You know you're kind to everybody you run into. You know you treat everybody equally in public. It is only in this online space that is false and not representative of all of reality where this trick happens that robs conservatives of power. And I got to tell you, this can't go on anymore. It's unsustainable. People's lives are ruined. Families are broken. And these motherfuckers laugh all the way to the bank because they get you to say, fuck Joe Biden or FJB t-shirts. You simple little fool. Stop letting these people murder and abort your ability to be heard. One, two, three, four.